Good evening, and welcome to this week's episode of This Week's Episode. I am your brown coat wearing host, Evan Goldstein. With me, as always, is the ever shiny Karen Randazzo. Mighty fine shindig. And the Goram Chris Randazzo. Oh, hell, if I wanted school, I'd have gone to school. Can't tell. I'm, I'm not sure if you guys can tell yet, but there's kind of a theme going on this uh, this week. Uh, this 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 is this is this episode is the reason why I wanted to start this podcast. We are talking all about Firefly this week, and a little departure from the normal. In the second half, we're going to actually discuss the movie that was released from the failed once one series one one season show, uh, Serenity. Um, for those of you who have not seen the show and you're listening to this podcast that you happen to find at Geek Aid, you may be in the wrong location. Just going to throw that out there. But uh, Firefly is a wonderful show based around the lives of a family that comes together in space. It is I, the best way that I describe it to people is it is a sci-fi western. They, they rob a bank with their, their guns, the pew pew. And then they get into their spaceships and fly away to get away. Um, this is one of my all-time, if not my all-time favorite television shows. I know that the rest of us hold it in high regard as well. Maybe not as high as I do, but that's fine. Um, it, it, it is the epitome of television for me because it shows so much family and love and action and adventure. And it has just about... Everything that you could want in a television show, except for animation. They it's the threw, Princess Bride of TV shows. It is the Princess Bride of television shows. If they actually threw a little bit of animation in, I, it would be utterly perfect. So, do you guys have anything? There's that you'd some like computer to add? animation in there. Well, that doesn't count. Come on now, you know what I'm talking. I always wanted, seeing as this show got canceled after one season because of. Reasons. Stupid reasons. I mean, it, it was doomed to fail from the beginning, unfortunately. When it first re- released on Fox, uh, they showed it out of order. Um, you couldn't get a good basis for the characters because the actual first pilot episode was over an hour long, if I'm not mistaken, an hour and a half long. And it gave you all the information you needed to go on with the rest of the season. It was really important. <laughs> like, it, it, it's the, it was the basis for the show. And when they started airing it, they went straight with the one-hour episodes so that they could fit it into their time slot and then just showed those out of order as well. So when people were watching it, they were just lost. They had no you idea can... why they should give a shit about <laughs> any of the people on the screen. <laughs> if you look at the, the, the original DVD box, I don't know what it looks like nowadays, but they have all the air dates. So they have the episodes on the, the, the DVD set in the order that they they were supposed to show but they also put the air dates next to them and it's just this complete mishmash of like like what in the world i I know i've listened to some of the the commentaries and i know that they they aired the train job first because they felt like it had had like they were looking for something that had more action and the first the freaking pilot episode basically opens up with a war like what, what more action would they want I have to argue that this show probably would not have met the fate it met today, because today they do like they launch things with two hour movie event things. And, you know, they 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 play fast and loose with episode airing, you know, lengths and do whatever they want now. So 
I think just based on that alone, if they had been allowed to air the pilot first, it would have gotten a, off to a much better start. It would have got gained a, a bang up following immediately and we wouldn't right be out here where gate. we are today. Abs- imagine if this show was released as a Netflix series today. Oh my God. That oh. it dumped all at once. You got every bit of goodness in one shot and you could watch it as, as well, everybody would watch it straight Speaking through. Speaking of, where is my Joss Whedon Netflix series? Like, why isn't that a thing right now? Because he's really freaking busy with the Marvel Universe. <laughs> I know. But he's going to be not, you know, that soon. <laughs> Netflix has a deal with Marvel, though, so. Yeah. Well, th- uh, he's doing his thing on Marvel side so that Netflix can continue with their Marvel thing on their side. <sighs> Aside, it happens. Um, what ended up happening with the show is that after it was well, yeah, after it was canceled, it grew to like super uber, I don't know, cult status, and the fans became so rabid, and they wanted so they wanted more of it so much so badly that they made you know a movie. I don't even know how how many years later after it two thousand five it came out. Yeah, so, Firefly started in 2002. So we're talking four years later? Mm-hmm. That, I, I, I don't know of another time that that happened. But um, Veronica Mars, but well, I mean, that was a Kickstarter. True. That was also a Kickstarter. And, and that's a different animal. And yeah. unfortunately, they ha- there have been rumors, so many different rumors about this show's you know survival and, and coming back and all of the things. Well, unf- I, I don't think we'll ever see it again. Even if it could because of rights and, and stuff like that. Um, but I would give my left leg to see an animated series of this show. Leg was not the body part I expected you to go with well, there. I'm trying to keep it PG. I'd give my left nut as well. <laughs> Both, if, if necessary. Just take the left half. I think there's more of a uh, market for the leg is the thing. <laughs> Certainly if you're dealing with uh, the raccoon from Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> It's that everybody has progressed. Like, okay, um, Con Man. We got yes. to see just about everybody from the show in in that series. And I don't know if the show that a redo of this show or a continuation of this show with the same cast would have the same appeal. I know in my heart that the things that they have done with animated series this would be phenomenal. The universe is so expansive. There are so many characters. It could go on for decades. But that's just me. We're going to get into some specific episodes. Um, We're going to talk Ariel, uh, Shindig, and my personal favorite, Out of Gas. Uh, We're going to start with you, Karen. Tell us about the Shindig. Oh boy, it was so hard to pick one episode for this. Uh, I remember you stating to me, I want to change my episode to all the episodes. Yes. <laughs> you know, I was reviewing some, and I, you know, every time I started up another one, I was like, no, I want to do this one. No, oh, I want to do this one. So they're all great, and you can't pick a bad one. Um, Shindig, I feel like the first three episodes that they aired really got into, like, you know, this is our genre. This is, you know, Western. There's action adventure. They would, we have to set up all our, you know, the big bad of the Reavers and, and the Alliance and Niska and all these, like, 
they had to establish all these things. And then Shindig was the fourth episode, and I feel like this is where they got to start to have a little fun with these characters. Um, so the premise is that they're going to a planet called Persephone um, to make a deal with a character named Badger, who, uh, who we've seen before and we'll see again. Good we old Badger. Him. We see him what, weekly on um, Supernatural. We do, and we see him. We see him all over the place because he's good old Mark Shepard, and he is a hell of a guy. Uh, I never get tired of Badger. <laughs> um, so, and meanwhile, Inara is uh, setting up a client. Uh, she's entertaining a, a bunch of authors and ends up accepting one from a, an asshat named Atherton Wing. <laughs> Atherton. Who engages her for several days, including the social event of the season. Oh my god, I hate this guy. Wait a second, did the Atherton Wing's real name is Edward Atherton? I, I'm looking at the cast list. That bothers me a little bit. <laughs> Okay. Well, sorry. I I I like how that character was named for one specific line, which comes later on. <laughs> so we first get to see them. They're in a bar fight. Uh, they're in a, they're in a bar, and they end up in a fight uh, with these slave traders. Um, it's uh, Mal and Jane, and Inara is there for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> this is during the pool scene. Yeah, the digital yeah. pool scene. <laughs> They uh they get into the fight when they when Mal picks the pocket of these uh, slave traders that they are playing pool against and uh, it's just a cute scene to start with because it gets you get to see Mal's idea of a good time and Anara is there so she gets to see Mal's idea of a good time which will come into play later and also because she's clearly in love with Mal yeah you know it's sort of like oh why is she there like there's no real and she's talking back oh i like to watch the game i like the atmosphere oh it's it's seems to make sense that all you have to do is give jane a big stick and stand back (laughs) but yeah you're very right honey she uh she's there to watch mal so they get to uh they get to persephone uh they get uh, on the land and mal is very business she's like, like let's get this crap done and get back on the ship i don't like to be on the land he, you can tell he it's th- as he goes through this you can you just get the sense from him everybody else is like yeah let's go to a planet let's see stuff let's meet people let's do fun things and mal's like nope let's get back in the sky <laughs> yeah he gets antsy when he's on the ground exactly and uh this scene is where we get to see the uh, big frilly dress in the store window that kaylee falls in love with and the girls talk about what kind of dresses they would wear if they were dress-wearing girls. Um, and it, that it, Mal manages to step in it and uh, insult the crap out of Kaylee by, you know, telling her she would be like a sheep on her hind legs wearing that wearing the dress that she it likes. It was a big dress. I mean, there it, was it a is lot a big of dress. <laughs> but the thing that I like about that dress in particular that they, the, whatever the costume designers chose for this, is that Kaylee is really simple. She's not very sophisticated. And so if she did get a chance to wear a fancy dress, that's exactly what she'd pick. It was like picture perfect, this yeah. Bo peep, you know, fluffy concoction of a dress. Uh so then they get to meet with Badger and you know, I just love Badger. <laughs> the outstanding pours- gentleman of, of society that Badger is. Yes, and uh, he's he's basically just the middleman between Mal and this uh, 
gentleman who wants to move some property off world who is going to be at this fancy party where Inara is going um where anything he needs Mal to go there and set up the deal because he thinks Mal looks respectable enough to uh to make the deal and this guy won't deal with Badger because he's a you know he's a low life so they set up the deal and they get to go um and <laughs> You see Inara and Atherton uh, show up at the ball and we just establish that he is gross because like they're waltzing around the room and they're saying hi to people and he's like, oh, uh, all these half these men wish they were on your arm, but all of them wish they were in your bed. Like, oh, I want to throw up all over the sky. <laughs> like there is no there is no like shades of gray to this character at all I, I, he's just like mustache twirling disgusting i don't understand why she chose him well i think she chose that i think that they it's more about the life she wanted to go to the party she wanted mm. the idea of like he you you find out a little later she he makes the offer that she could be his permanent companion and she would be paid to uh you know stay there with him and basically be like a wife except she's paid Mm. Um, it's kind of a cross between a wife and a prostitute. Um, a and I think, and I think that idea is um, attractive to her. Part of her wants that, and also, like, I feel like as he lays the pressure on for her to take this offer, more of his like true self comes out. I feel like this isn't something that she has seen before from him, and if okay. she had, she wouldn't have accepted the offer. Or accepted the invitation, I guess. Gotcha. So Mal can't just show up to this party alone. So <laughs> he's got uh, the options of, I guess, Zoe or Kaylee to uh, take on his arm. And he ends up taking Kaylee to make it up to her from, I, I assume, to make up for her, uh, for well, making fun of her choice. He bought her the big frilly dress. Yes, he uh, he. he gets the money out of Badger to buy the dress to go to the party, and they dress up and <laughs> as uh, Kay Winnett Lee Fry. <laughs> I love her name. I just love it. And uh, cat and tight pants. And they, they, you know, he's all, you know, business. I got to be on the job. I got to find this guy. I got to make the deal, and I got to get out of here because, you know, as we say, this makes Mal's skin crawl to be on one of these planets having to talk to these people. This is like everything he hates is at this party. Meanwhile, Kaylee is freaking adorable. I mean, she I mean, she may not have been like she may not have hit it off with all the ladies of the room, but she was definitely the life of the party for the guys. Oh, I without a hang doubt. Out with her. I just like she like, you know, all those the girls are so mean to her and her, you know, the dress looks like she got it in a store and they're just it's horrible. Seriously, like mean girls, like from that movie. Like that's the interaction that she has with three or four of the <laughs> girls that are there. Right. And then uh what's that the, the old dude <laughs> totally puts down? Yeah, he like shoot, shuts her down in a, a half a second. <laughs> it take it took fourteen women with fourteen servants to get you into that dress, but it'll only take the wink of one a guy to get you out of it. Exactly. Oh, <laughs> Tramp. <laughs> Slut. <laughs> so uh, 
Mal is in finds the guy and starts to try to make the deal with him, and they, at which point Anara and Atherton come over, uh, <laughs> come over and introduce themselves, at which which provides Mal the opportunity to call this guy Ath, which which is exactly why I love the name Ath. Can I call you Ath? Can I call you Ath. <laughs> So he ends up dancing with Anara, and there there are a couple of these scenes over the course of the episode. Andrew, they end up pairing Mal and Anara together alone, and they're just there's all this verbal sparring and sexual tension between these two, and they're it talking is palpable. Ab- it's really they're talking about their lives, but really they're talking about uh, you know they're talking the, about each, other. each other's lives, but they're really talking about themselves. Exactly. But the way the way the confrontations are written, I feel like it's very artful. Like there are there aren't wasted words. It doesn't seem like also like the stereotypical lost love or, or lorn, forlorn love, because mm-hmm. she she always puts him in his place, and he takes that only takes it from her because it like builds him up, I guess. Like, everything that she says to him makes him a better man in all of the episodes in which there is some sort of interaction between them. Absolutely. And and she's the only one who can get away with standing up to him, possibly like, partially because she's not on his crew. She's not in right. his employ. She could say whatever the hell she wants to him. He is and she does. Hers. Exactly. Technically. She pays him. Um, so, Ath... Gets fed up with the uh, the dance and uh, tries to take Anara back and treats her really badly right in front of Mal, which causes him to go off and punch him right in the mouth, which causes all of us to do a great big cheer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then Mal discovers that he has inadvertently challenged him to a duel. <laughs> and the, for- the, the reaction to that is like, yeah, sure, let's get this going. <laughs> like bar fight style <laughs> exactly he wants it to be right just like the beginning where you know like, do you want to go let's go right now but uh he's in anara's world so he's not going to get away with the uh pool cues and the smashing of you know throwing guys over the bar this is going to be a proper duel with swords <laughs> swa <laughs> which his reaction is swa <laughs> <laughs> this is where we find uh, out that Mal is not very good with a sword. <laughs> no. So uh, we we but get to Anara go. is. Yes, we well, get to go back to the uh, the ship where everybody finds out what happened at the party because prior to this we get we did get to see a scene of all of them just you know doing whatever they would do when they're not on duty you know the guys are playing some kind of weird space poker (laughs) there's a bit with river like ripping all the labels off the cans just you know oh there's crazy river here's our crazy river scene for the week and uh and there's uh zoe and wash in bed which is a nice little scene of of the two of them you get to like see why they are married they're they're very sweet together, and 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 you don't get to see Zoe be uh, soft very often. Oh, very rarely do you see soft Zoe. Yeah, actually, hardly ever. Yeah, this is one of the few times, mm-hmm. and it it makes me like her that much more. Uh, but once Ze- uh, once Mal gets taken into quote unquote custody to be uh, 
you know, held to the terms of this duel, Badger shows up to let them all know what's uh, happened and make sure that they don't go and get him out of that because he's got to preserve his reputation. Badger's uh, reputation, which yes, is weird. Badger's <laughs> fine upstanding reputation. <laughs> Uh, so then we get to see Anarag, you know, in the middle of the night comes to Mal's room, tries to get him to escape, but he refuses because now he's got principles for some reason. Well, when <laughs> like, he came have this- to her, he always did. Exactly. But they have this whole conversation where she points out to him, like, you run all the time. What are you doing? And He's like, well, I'm not running now. Like, <laughs> he doesn't really explain it. And for exactly that reason, because the, the reason is because of her. And he's not going to say that to her. Well, because- he, he says um, Atherton was treating her like a, an object or a, a, mm-hmm. something that he owned. And, yeah. I mean, it yeah. was a beautiful moment between the two. She's pretty much calling him a fool. Yeah, he said he said he didn't respect you. He's like, I don't respect your job. He didn't respect you. That was the distinction he made. And that's a great line. Yeah. So he refu- he's got a- he's committed to the duel, he refuses to escape, and uh, so she tries to help him with sword training and <laughs> doesn't get qu- quite so very far. <laughs> it's not your stere- stereotypical, you know, television show. He's not you know. an expert swordsman by the morning. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so we get to the duel, and it, it goes pretty badly pretty quick. My favorite is uh, War- uh, the guy who played uh, Warwick. The guy, yeah, Dark, Warwick Dark Harrow. Ring, he, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, and he's an expert swordsman. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. no. <laughs> oh, that was the other part of the duel was that Harrow, the, the guy they're trying to make the deal with, says, you know, by, by some miracle you survive this duel, you can have my business. So that's another reason for Mal not to run out on the duel. That's also true, yeah. yeah. But it's all, and, about, it's all about the honor. has nothing to do with the job. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe a that. little to do with the job. <laughs> Maybe a little. Um. So, oh, in, intercut with the uh, the Inara and Mal training in the in the hotel, trying to get the sword training going. Uh, River turns up in the middle of Badger, like occupying Serenity's oh, cargo right. bay, and has this brilliant effing moment. Like the crew is trying to plan this, like brilliant escape rescue mission they're gonna like take out all the badgers men and go get the captain and uh they're about to spring into action they're talking like oh we need a diversion and just as the somebody says that river like just appears in the doorway and they're like oh crap which they don't know she's here we don't want him to find out about her try to get her to go away and he sees her and he's like oh who's this and she just like turns on this personality that we've never seen from her before. It was the most coherent thing she has projected in four episodes. Yeah. And it wasn't her. (laughs) Exactly. It was just some character that she came up with out of her brain. Um, I mean, we learn further on in the series, and we'll talk about when we get to Ariel, what happened to River. But once you understand what happened to River, you can see how easy this was for her to do, to just sort of absorb badger's personality and like spit it right back out to him as her own character that's that would appeal to him um so it, but it's just a it's just a freaking phenomenal little scene from summer glow uh, call me if anyone interesting shows up <laughs> <And> <laughs> she just, just disappears 
<laughs> I like her. <laughs> um, so we do get to the duel, which is the climax. And um, like I said, it doesn't go too well for Mal because you it, you can see the two um, characters' personalities in their fighting style. Like Atherton obviously has had lots of fencing experience and he knows all the right things to do. And Mal is just a brawler and he's getting in there the best he can, but <laughs> and losing horribly. it's not his kind of fight. And, <laughs> and yeah, he gets cut, he gets stabbed in the side and he's, uh, he, <laughs> he falls for the oldest trick in the book of the guy just like letting him try to get a free shot. Um, and it almost, it, the, the guy has him at his mercy, has Mal at his mercy, when Anara stops the duel and says, I'll accept your offer if you let him go. So now we see, like, just as much as Mal, uh, you know, insisted on the duel because of his love for her, she's going to turn around and save his life because of her love for him. So I love to see these sort of threads start to weave together of the the, the the beginning of the romance between these two. And it breaks my heart that we never really got to see anything come of it because of the tragic short life of the show. Mm-hmm. So Very I have true. to survive on these little moments like this. But Mal takes the opportunity of, of her interrupting to get the upper hand punch him in the jaw just like in the beginning of the episode and uh you know ends up turning the duel in his favor has the guy at his mercy and gets to show his personality because the the surrounding people are saying oh you have to you have to end it you have to kill him it's the only way to you know finish this with honor when and mal gets to say mercy is the mark of a great man which is a fantastic line and then he follows it up with stabbing him. Guess I'm just a good man. <laughs> Stabs him again. I'm okay. <laughs> it's like, and it, that is the only way that this fight can end. Because he's not just going to like drop the sword and walk away and leave the guy humiliated. He's got to get his digs in because that's the Malcolm Reynolds way. Especially, like, not only because this particular guy is such a douchebag, but he represents, like, everything Mal hates about the Alliance. And he just, you know, can't resist getting a few shots in before he walks away. Even though he's beaten the guy, it's just all that makes it all that much sweeter. Very true. Very, very true. Yeah. They, uh... So they make the deal, they get, you know, everything is, everybody's happy, and... Uh, I like the way they, they end up back at the ship, mm-hmm. right as they were about to spring into action. Yeah, we were right about to spring into action. <laughs> but, but washes, you can tell, like, they, you know, Wash may have gotten excited and, and thrown out some really bad ideas, because he's like, it was very exciting, I was going to watch. <laughs> like You could tell, like, that's the job they gave him, because clearly he wasn't being any help at all. <laughs> Uh, and I think that points to like you know Wash's role in on the crew as a whole because like later on he de- he never really gets involved in anything dangerous he flies the ship you know he helps carry stuff but until we get to war stories you never oh, see Wash volunteer for anything dangerous he, or he like as he says I think in the first episode. Uh, Oh, I was only flying the ship. It's not like they would have arrested me. <laughs> exactly. 
Um, and then there's a really nice scene at the end where um, Mal and Inara get get there, have a little drink with over the uh, sitting on the railing over the cargo bay where the the <laughs> cargo that they managed to score the job for is a bunch of a herd of live cattle. <laughs> Did you see? I got stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> but they, you know, should they they sort of they've been having this fight for the whole episode and at the end they kind of get to make up a little bit, have this nice moment about she says she thanks him for defending her honor even though she didn't want him to and explains that she never was going to take the offer in the first place and that serenity is really her home and you know, you can just like scratch out the word serenity and write Malcolm Reynolds like uh, doodle little hearts in <laughs> in the edge of her notebook because they're so in love. And so that's, you know, I love this episode because it really just gets at you, you get at so much of this Mal and Anara back and forth. And it's not just your typical romance. It's really like they're evenly matched. They're not like and it's not the easiest thing in the world. They're their two characters are going to have to find their way to each other. And I really like seeing that. Yeah, this this episode is one of the best episodes that shows their relationship. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the only one that I would think that would be slightly better was uh, Heart of Gold, the uh, where they go to save the, um, the whorehouse. Mm-hmm. And you can actually, like, it is physically on screen where you see how much she cares for him. Yeah, that right. one. The I feel like the difference between that one and this one is this one is close, so much closer to the beginning that they we haven't really seen. This is the first we've s- really seen this right. relationship blossom. Mm-hmm. When, by the time you get to Heart of Gold, which is one of the la- maybe the last one, right? Um, she it's obvious. Yeah, <laughs> they've been through so much. We, not that they've been because she's been on the ship a little while by the time we get to Shindig, but. By the time we get to Heart of Gold, they have we have seen so much of them together that now we're all really rooting for this. Absolutely. And that's what makes Heart of Gold, I think, a little bit more powerful. Right. So that's Beautiful. my episode. I love, I love it's really fun. It's just so uh, there's so much fun in it. You know, there's not an unfun even the darkest of episodes. Are they have like okay in uh, war stories? Mm-hmm. You know, two of them are kidnapped and being held and tortured, and there are and they're still in there. cracking jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you, get in line. <laughs> He's like, what would you know? Zoe, Zoe would be in this situation, and you would bring my wife into this situation. What's the matter with you? <laughs> it's it's such a phenomenal show. Um, we be. Before we started the the, epi- the podcast, we I was coming up with the, the the order in which we discuss the episodes, and Chris brought up a phenomenal point that I should go next because the episode that I'm doing is out of gas, and it shows all of the love that this family has for each other. Um, I, it is what one of, if not the best episode that this series had it gives us backstory on just about every introduction for every character on the show that was not included in the pilot um the episode opens up with 
a very visceral scene of Mal falling to the ground, obviously injured, bleeding out. Now, before you go any further, I want to say that this is a trope that Karen and I have talked about that we hate when TV shows do. When you start with, oh, here's this thing, and now, you know, 14 hours earlier, some bullshit like that. This is an exception to that rule. This this is how you do that. Yes, exactly. This is how you do it. Exactly. The, The difference with this one, as opposed to the norm, is it doesn't just go back. It goes back and forth and back and forth to different places too. Somewhere in like the like the third quarter of it, the timelines meet, mm-hmm. and then it finishes out the rest of the episode. But it, it as it starts, Mal is mortally injured. He's bleeding out, falls to the ground, and and that's the first images we see. And after that, it it flashes back to where. Zoe and Mal meet Serenity for the first time. Now, some people who haven't seen this show don't understand that there may be a cast of characters in here with all human names and all IMDb profiles. Serenity, which is the ship, is one of the primary characters in this show. It's as much of a character on this show as the TARDIS is on Doctor Who. It's absolutely perfect it's a example. piece of the show. Um, and the the interaction it's is. Mal is so positive. He's like, look at this. I got this. This is great. These The things are going to be awesome. And Zoe is reserved. She's like, really? You paid money for this? <laughs> and he's like, you know, the guy said, if I take care of this thing, it'll be with me till the day I die. And her response to that is... <laughs> That's because it's a death trap. Because it's a death trap. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, there's lots of little back and forths with between the two of them because they are the brother and sister of this show. Aside they, from Simon and River. <laughs> well, I see, but even still, that is their relationship, Simon and River, is more father-daughter. He takes care of her. Zoe and Mal are equals. They have this ridiculous mutual respect for each other because Zoe's been with him since the beginning. They went they fought the war together. They were the survivors. They and they're moving on with their lives in the same path. That's why he brings her along and that's why she stays with him. Which makes not to keep going back to war stories over and over again, but it makes um Wash's jealousy of Mal in that episode so much more hysterical. <laughs> yeah, it's very true. Um after after their little you know, interaction and explaining what they're going to do and their hopes and dreams for the ship. We flash halfway forward to this like dinner scene, and it is like a true family dinner scene. They're all sitting around the table and they're all laughing and comforting and telling funny stories. And I mean, book, he's like his facial expression, like, and he was so proud. That was my favorite scene that book did in all of the the, the episodes. Um. As they're having their little dinner and telling their stories, we realize Jane is a douche. Um, we no- also find out that Kylie is definitely in love with Simon because she makes him a cake made out of protein. It's probably disgusting, but she tried to make it taste just as much as chocolate as she possibly could because it is Simon's birthday. We find out that uh, a new warrant came out over the wire and they found his birth date. So they- they're having this little birthday, you know, dinner for him if you will and as they're getting ready to blow out the candles um there's an explosion in the engine room 
And that explosion causes this fireball to shoot into the kitchen area where Kylie is heading out to go towards the ending room because there was a, like a noise and a clank and the lights fluttered and she was heading to go see what the problem was. I'm sorry, you keep saying Kylie. Kaylee? <laughs> sorry. There you go. Kaylee is heading towards the engine room when this fireball is coming at her. Zoe pushes her out of the way and is then knocked across the room. She she takes the brunt of the damage and is knocked out. Um, She's in she's dying. It seems so. she's unconscious. Her vitals are way out of whack. Um, What they do is they seal. Well, I guess it's a group effort, but they seal off portions of the ship where they are. Mal goes down to the controls and opens up the airlock, which I thought was a good idea. It seemed like the right thing to do, because what that does is sucks the fire right out of the the, the ship, which I thought was a really cool imagery as well. And the thing about that solution that I love is that it would work. Like, that's real science. It doesn't have to be whatever, you know... That's not fake science. Thousands of years in the future. (laughs) That would work today if if this happened. Yeah, a pressurized ship, it would suck the fire right out. Something and not only that, live. but also the uh, the silence in space. I always loved how they did that because that's uh, that yeah, space. Yeah, all the action inside the ship, and then they show a view from the outside, and it's completely dead silent. Yeah, it's it's almost haunting. It's it's all it's definitely something worth pointing out that this show paid a lot more attention to actual science than like Star Wars does. <laughs> this is very true. Nothing um, against Star Wars. Mad hype for the Force Awakens. Woo-woo. Mad hype. Um, with the fire put out. They uh, Mal quickly re- regroups and sends Kaylee out to go find out what the problem is. Um, the interaction in the medical room, because Zoe is out, Wash is distraught over the fact that his wife has been injured. Mal shows a strength that we sort of have seen throughout the show, but it is like... Ex- you know, there's an exclamation point put at the end of this. He mm-hmm. forces Wash to look past his wife's injury to take care of the rest of the crew because if he doesn't do that, everyone's going to die, not just her. And there's this interaction between the two of them where Wash is seriously like, Mal, you ask me again, we're going to have a problem. I'm not leaving my wife. And Mal goes, I'm not asking get your ass up to the ship and get, you know, to the cockpit. And he's literally holding him up against the wall, yelling or well, not yelling, calmly explaining to him <laughs> what needs to happen. Calmly explaining in your face. <clears throat> um, Wash finally leaves the room to go to the bridge. And that's when we flash back to the introduction of Wash, how he became the pilot of the ship. And may I say, that's one fantastic fake mustache on Alatetic. It was beautiful. Um, He is kind of a squirrely fella. You can't get a real read on him. And the best line of it is uh, (laughs) Mal goes to Zoe. Oh, man, what do you think, man? He's really good, right? She goes, I don't like him. (laughs) He bothers me. (laughs) He bothers bothers me. me. (laughs) I just don't like him. So that's like <laughs> at the same time we're also introduced to the original mechanic because before Kaylee there was uh, a mechanic and his name was Fester. He's like I think it's we have- Bester with a B. And the was reason that I yes, and the reason that I think that is because it made me think it might have been like a Beatles joke because the original uh fourth Beatle was Pete Best. 
Okay, it is Bester. I always thought it was Fester. Very good. I did not pick up on that. Uh, Mal makes the comment that we finally have a genius mechanic. This tattooed gentleman walks through. He's like, hey, nobody's ever called me a genius before. And that's it. Um, we flash back to, I guess, would be current where Zoe is crashing. There are, I would say, three timelines in this. There's before the explosion, after the explosion, and then the flashbacks. So the we are we're now. Yes. So we are. Well, no. Not. There's it's there's explosion. It's weird. Because yeah. Now we flash. It's like there's a, a chunk of time in between the opening of the movie and from from the explosion to the opening of the show, and then from the opening to the end of the show, and then the flashbacks. Right. So we are we flash over to where Zoe is in critical condition. She is crashing, and um, Simon shoots her up with a, a shot of pure adrenaline to get her going again, and that's it. It's just a quick few seconds to really just introduce the adrenaline shot because that comes into play later on in the show. We flash forward to current where we see Mal Mal is obviously hurt. He is getting up. He's been shot. Then we flash sideways to Mal talking with Kaylee about what the problem is with the, the ship. Apparently the catalyzer is broken and... Life support is down, and because they had to extinguish the fire in the way that they did, they only have about two hours left of air. So we have to get the ship running in that time. Life support's down, the backup's down, all of that. The thing that I love about the catalyzer being the problem is that, and I never noticed this until you binge watch all the episodes in a row, all of the episodes leading up to this, Kaylee mentions something about there being something wrong with the catalyzer. Yeah. And yeah. Mal is like, don't worry about it. We'll yeah. fix it later. And and that was a, an ongoing thing with, with Kaylee. She's always very good at fixing things, but not like replacing them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because that's the way their life is. They, they, yeah, they, I mean, she's always banging. good at asking Mal to buy new parts but uh, and telling him you need these things. And he's just like, oh, we'll do it later. You, you can fix it. You're a genius. And <laughs> There's a there's a little scene between Simon and Inara, uh, and you see how much like Simon is like depressed that there's really nothing much he can do, um, and you see in Inara's face when she says how much she loves that ship, it's it's like there like you it, you could actually physically see it because it's not just the ship it's the everything about the ship. Um, we see a little bit from book how he's sitting there reading his Bible and. And he is afraid. He's he is afraid of dying. And and, <laughs> and good old comes, River. River comes in and I honestly think she's trying to comfort him, but she's like, You're afraid. You're afraid we're gonna run out of air and we're gonna die gasping. Don't worry about it. We'll freeze to death first. And then she just walks away. <laughs> and later in a in a in a different episode in one of my favorites in Safe, um, Mal describes her as Morbid and creepifying. Yes. And that is such an accurate descriptor of that character. So, so accurate. Um, we flash over to uh, an interaction between Mal and Wash because there's nothing Wash can do to, to – he feels there's nothing he could do to get this ship going. And in the beginning of the episode, it is explained to us that he – at Mal's behest, he has plotted a course that takes them way around – 
to avoid all of the alliance as best as they can. What a, a, a trip that he said should take like a day is taking them like fourteen weeks or something ridiculous like that. They are way out of way out of everybody's view. So they're they're sending out a signal beacon and it's just not going far enough. Like nobody is going to hear it. So there's this little you know argument back and forth where they're yelling at each other. It's like, God, I love well, this argument. Well, you, you know, because what do you want me to do? And he goes, if you have to, you go out on the side of the ship, you jump up and down, you wave your arms, you patch this to that to increase the beacon. And Wash is like, oh, great, that would just pull in pranks. If if that happens, all it's going to do is muck up someone's navigation, and they'd be forced to stop. Maybe I should go out and do that then. <laughs> it's one of those brilliant fight moments where like, you realize that the two characters who are having a fight are actually saying the same thing. Yeah, they're but... on the same side, just yell- saying it to each other very loudly. But one is so like mad about something else that he doesn't want to admit that the other guy is right. <laughs> and the best part of the whole interaction is Jane pops in. He's like, what are you two doing arguing? You're using up all the air. <laughs> <laughs> Fighting at a time like this. Use up all the air. Um, we flash over to, I guess, we'll call it the current run, the current timeline, where Mal is still doing his best to try to fix Serenity, you know, working his way. Uh, he he has an engine part. Uh, he's trying to work his way to the engine room. Then he, we go to the real uh, introduction of the, the, the real mechanic, and that's... Uh, Bester, um, I, <laughs> he's having sex with Kaylee in the engine room. <laughs> so, like, Mal goes to talk to Bester because apparently they've been stuck on a, a planet for a little too long, and he's trying to find out the information, and, and Bester's having a good old time with, with Kaylee. Um, he tries to give an excuse uh, that, you know, this is broken, and now they're finished, and she's buttoning up her dress and whatnot, and he's like, this is broken. She's like, no, it's not. And she goes, it's just your right wing nut thingy. And he's like, the what? And she goes, I, I saw it while I was there on my back. It's right there. <laughs> yeah, she ends up being the one who like actually figures out the problem and, and fixes, fixes it, it in like five that. seconds in front of his face. Literally pulls the <laughs> chunk out that's the problem, throws it aside, plugs one port into something else, done. Engine starts up again. And that is when Mal hires her and fires Bester. Uh, he doesn't really say, you're fired. He goes, Bester says, why would you need two mechanics? And Mal agrees with him. I really don't. don't. <laughs> walks out of the room. <laughs> um, when when we get introduced to the, the 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 wonderkin that is Kaylee, that she could fix anything, and the next scene is her sitting there by the en- the broken engine with the the catalyzer in his hand at, with in her hand, and she's like, "It's just broken. I can't fix it." And Mal's trying to get her to do the Band-Aid thing that she normally does. And she says a line, you know, sometimes a thing gets broke, just can't be fixed. And that's the way it is. So they have to figure out something else. Um, we uh, There is a scene in between that where we see Mal bleeding out. And he, he to make his way to fix the ship, now that he has the part injects himself with the adrenaline shot so that he can keep pushing because he is like on the verge of death um he makes talk about a thing that gets broke that can't be fixed yeah it's it's true um like then we see him at the engine 
putting the, the catalyzer in place. And, of course, he's, like, getting all woozy and shit, and he drops it. And then we flash over mm. to them. The, 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 the final plan is that they're going to take the two um, shuttles and, you know, split up the crew, you know, four and four, and send them in opposite directions. And just with hopes of finding someone. They can't, the shuttles can't make it to any place in particular. They're just going to go. And uh, Wash rigs a button, you know, in, in the cockpit that if something happens at the ship where the mir- where he gets his miracle, he can call both shuttles back. Um, so they, he, he sends the, like, he, he gets this, the interaction between him and Inara, um, about like she, he doesn't have to go down with the ship, and that's when we flash over to the it, the original intro, where Anara, I guess, bargains or haggles or deals with Mal with Mal to to you know rent out one of the shuttles so that she can use it, and the amount of sass that comes out of this woman <laughs> is unbelievable. She knows what she is because a companion is a, is very high high class in this universe. Like it's not a hooker. It's not an escort. It's, you know, something to be had. It, it gives you credit. Yeah, and status. She knows that. It gives you a, a form of status. It's true. Like, she knows it, and so does he, and she brings it to his attention that she knows that he knows that she's, he needs her on that ship. Um, the, the interaction between um, Mal and Inara in current when he's, like, forcing her onto the shuttle to go, to go, you know, try to save themselves... She's like, you don't have to die alone. And he just looks at her with all the sorrow in his eyes and just says, everyone dies alone. Like, the, the, the amount of feels that are oozing out of this episode is almost like you can't contain it all. Um, they leave. We get uh, a scene where he, Mal is settling in, like he's alone on the ship, settles into his chair... And there's an obvious time progression now. He has a little more time saying he's the only, he's the only one on the ship. But you can see it's getting colder and darker and the ship is dying. And all of a sudden, a scavenger ship finds them or finds the ship. And they have a, a, a contact between him and Mal. And there's this scene. And I don't know why it, it's like it, it hits me hard that the scavenger ship locks in. They have the, the interaction, like, the scavenger ship doesn't trust Mal, Mal doesn't trust them, he's like, I'm not gonna let you on until I see the part, and he's like, and they're like, yeah, we get it, but if we see any guns, you're in trouble. And they, he locks on, and they open the door, and this burst of fresh air comes in, and, it, like, Mal's hair blows back, and he just takes in, a like, the final gust of, of air, of breath, and the, the scavenger pulls a gun on him. So, it it's not a good thing these aren't good people so here's my question go for it uh once you know it's established that they they're gonna make this deal and they don't trust each other but they can uh they can deal and the guy has a part and it's gonna be okay why at this point does mal not hit the button i understand he doesn't trust the guy and it's not 100 percent, but i i feel like if you're in a deal where you might get what you want, but if you don't get what you want, you're going to get double-crossed. That's even more reason to call your backup back. So, well, he's I, not looking at he's not looking at them for backup. 
He wants them to survive, have the best chance of survival. He's not looking to be saved by them. He's that's the only reason. Like he's, I, I feel he's not going to call them back until the ship is running again, and he knows that it's a safe harbor for them. You know what I mean? I just feel yeah, like I if that. I just feel like if he had called them back, like they may have, sh- like, and he got double crossed, he'd still have a chance. Yeah. I guess they'd, they'd show up in time to like turn the tables on these guys and you know then they they could get the part and everybody would be saved true but if they didn't have the part then everybody would be dead all right but either way we then flash over to the introduction of jane uh jane and his crew that he was originally with are you know holding zoe and malcolm at gunpoint uh, pretty much Malcolm just buys Jane with some extra percentage and uh, his own room. <laughs> um, yeah, that pretty much sums up Jane. Whoever's got the money. Whoever's got the money's got Jane. Which we um, will get to in more detail in a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, Malcolm, then we flash forward. He's obviously been shot. Uh, he gets up again and ha- now is armed. I'm not sure how that happened, but I'm okay. There was with a it. quick shot of the. There was a gun strapped to the oh, mule, the little right. like um, RV right. thing. There was a gun hidden, right? Okay, so he pulls that gun on them, forces them off the ship. Uh, the guy says, "Well, you would have done the same thing in my position." In my position, and he's like, "Obviously, I wouldn't have because he doesn't shoot them; just kicks them off the, sh- the ship." Uh, they get off. And that's when he falls to the ground with the part in his hand bleeding out. So now the timelines have caught up. Um, the From that scene forward, there's the constant noise of uh, life support failure from the computer saying, you know, you've got seconds. It's that proverbial, you know, second countdown before the, the bomb explodes type of thing. Um, he finally gets the catalyzer back into the engine starts up the engine, works his way to the, the the cockpit, and, you know, in the attempts to, to call everybody back, and he doesn't make it. He falls short. The next, and, and then the screen fades to black. The next scene is him waking up uh, on the examination table with, you know, being fed up. You know, he has an IV, and everybody's in the room with him, and... There's this, like, he is drugged up, and he's lost a lot of blood, and, you know, Wash is actually giving him his blood, which I thought was a nice little touch, seeing as how the episode sort of started off. Um, it turns out that he he asks them in a groggy way, did I call you back? And Wash says, no, no, you didn't. And he's like, what, why are you here? And apparently Zoe woke up and said, no, we're going back to save him. Get your ass back to the ship. <laughs> and he, 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 the interaction there is adorable. She's like, she's like, I told you to go. She's like, you shouldn't have saved me. So I'll never do it again. Type of thing. Um, the 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 finality of that timeline is everybody in the room. In, in, in the med bay and, and the doctor says you know I have to you know make we, yeah, he needs rest everybody's got to go and Mal says I think I think the doctor's right about that and he starts to fade and he's like oh will all of you be here when I wake up and they say yes and he's like okay good and then passes out from that we fade into 
the very beginning of this entire story is that line, you know, you buy this ship. And Treat her right. It's Mal talking to a, a spaceship salesman. I would assume seems like a used car kind of guy, mm-hmm. and this 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 man is looking at this big ass bulbousy ship, and he's like, "If you you buy this ship and you treat her right, she'll be with you for the rest of your life." And Mal is paying absolutely no mind to it because he has seen Serenity off in the distance, and has fallen completely in love with that boat, and that's. Where that this whole story starts is the interaction between Mal and Serenity, and that is how you TV, and that is how you TV. Oh my goodness, I love this show. <laughs> Are you crying, Evan? A little bit. I shouldn't. No, no I'm fine. Well, Allergies. like we, we, like you said in the beginning, this the Serenity is a character on this show, and this episode is a love letter to Serenity. Because the thing I notice so much about watching this episode was, you know, as the action is going on and the flashbacks and everything that you get to see, you see every single part of the ship. Yeah. And you get to see, like, so much love and care went into the design of this set, all of these sets. The the whole episode is about them trying to save the ship because it's their home. That's where they want to stay. So... It's it truly is it's like some people like compare like cars like the Knight Rider kit or you know BA's van like it's nothing in comparison to the character that Serenity played in this show. So yeah, I mean the only analog I can think of is the TARDIS. That's the that's the only analog I can think of. And and the and the only it's and it's a very close analog. The only difference is, is that the 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 TARDIS adjusts itself to the doctor. Mm-hmm. So we've seen different incarnations of it. It's just like it, the ship is what it is and everybody adjusts to it type of thing and makes yeah. it makes it as close to the you know their home as they possibly can. The other difference I think is that the TARDIS tends to compare as an actual living character and we actually had an episode where it was portrayed right. as yeah. a, a living person whereas Serenity is is a character but it it is a ship. It's, it's yeah, not alive. It's a ship but it's more than the sum of its parts. Right, that's absolutely true. All right, Chris. Let's wrap this up. Yeah, we're at uh, we're at well over an hour now and uh, <laughs> Well, we're about to hit an hour. It's the extravaganza. (laughs) It's quite the extravaganza. Well, all right. I'm going to talk about an episode called Ariel. And uh, this one is, I I would definitely agree that Out of Gas is the best episode of this this series. I would even argue that it's one of the best episodes of TV I've ever seen. But um, Ariel is my favorite. Because I'm a huge fan of the the heist motif. And just like we we said about Out of Gas, how that is how you do that kind of episode where it starts in one place, then you flash back to another. This is how you do uh this is how you do heist. It it plays by all the rules and it hits every single one of them out of the park. Um there's a you, you start off and everyone's having a good time talking or whatever, Jane's being kind of a prick. Uh, oh, shocker. Sorry. And um, River just walks up, grabs a knife, and slashes him across the chest, and uh, he needs stitches, and that kind of incites this whole thing. Like, man, she's she's getting worse. Things aren't going too well. Jane wants her off the sh- off the ship as soon as possible. Blah blah blah. 
and uh, they need work, and yeah, it's, it's, things are not looking so great. And then Simon comes up with this great plan, like, all right, I, I'm, I have a job for you. We're going to go to a hospital, and you're going to steal all these medical supplies that are going to be worth a crap load of money, and my that's the payment, and what I actually want you to do is sneak us into a hospital so I can use a, a 3D neural imager to find out what they did to River. And thus the heist begins. They go through the whole thing that you usually see in a heist movie where they're, the character is explaining what all everyone's roles are and what needs to be done, and while, they're, while he's explaining that, they're showing them actually doing that. Like you know, kind they, of in the like future, they build the equipment that they need, and they practice their parts. Yep, it's it, all the pieces of it just come. It's very come Ocean's together. Eleven, yeah. exactly. It's very Ocean's Eleven, and uh, it's, it's it's brilliant. It's so brilliantly done. It's so it's such a smart plan. It's you get to see all the different pieces of everyone's character because like they just. Uh, Inara is like kind of not in this episode. She she's in there there in the beginning. She's the reason that they're next to this uh, central planet. Uh, that's that's part of the alliance and whatnot because she's there for her like inspection or, or license renewal or something, and uh, so she whore goes registration. in uh, yeah, regi- whore registration basically. She show she goes in and uh, and does her thing, and while she's off doing her thing, that's when all the rest of this stuff happens. Um, so th- everyone's excited to be this close to a core planet, and everyone wants to get off. So one of the things he needs, he says, "All right, well, I'm going to need somebody." To, uh, Simon, who's coming up with the plans, he's going to need somebody to go onto the 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 core planet before he can even finish it. Uh, uh, was it Wash, Kaylee, and Jane raise their hands, and <laughs> he winds up choosing Wash and Kaylee, whose job is to go and to dig through a friggin' uh, dump to to build an ambulance and. Jane gets a job on the planet too, though, because he gets to go pick up yeah, the he, uh, the uniforms and the ID cards they need. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he he, has, he gets to do that. So so Jane's role in this whole thing is uh, to escort River and Simon, who are pretending to be dead, uh, so they can sneak into the, uh, the the hospital while Zoe and Mal go and get all the the medical supplies and. While uh, all of this stuff is 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 this is the fun. This is where all the real fun from the episode comes in. But what is what the other half of the brilliance of it is? You get to see uh, a lot of great interactions with the different characters. You get to see more of the Zoe and Mal relationship, the brother sister relationship you were talking about, because they're you know gallivanting about solving problems within the hospital and. <laughs> <laughs> the bit where he tells her to smile. It's the core planet. Everyone's happy here. <laughs> they have a lot of money. Why wouldn't they smile? <laughs> it's like what he thinks would be what what people on the core think. Yeah, and it's it's just absolutely silly and ridiculous. Um but what I like a lot is the um you you get to take kind of the same trip as uh Jane does in learning just how good of a person Simon is. And because uh, he's in there, he's he's you know trying to help his sister, and he gets to see what the what the alliance did to her, and they they stripped her amygdala, and she she feels everything she can't not, which is what he says, and it's like you know anything that lets her feel fear or whatever she ha- she she experiences everything, and it gives a lot of information, it gives a lot of a backstory into what why she is the way that she is. But so so first you see Jane kind of looking at that situation like he's he's gaining respect for Simon. And the reason that that's so important is because I believe in the scene before 
you got to see that Jane um, actually ratted them out to the cops and was planning on turning them in. Um, and then after seeing this, he starts to have his doubts. And then they he changes his plans like, all right, we can't do – I'm not going to turn you guys in. Of course, he's saying this to himself. We got to go plan change while you guys were unconscious. He takes them out on a wheelchair and then um, – so, uh, River starts kind of like freaking out, saying like, you know, people are going to die, people are going to die. And so I was like, no one's going to die. And she says, he is. And there's some guy just starts coding in the hospital. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Simon rushes up to him and saves the guy's life and then chews out the doctor uh, who was essentially about to kill the guy by making some bonehead mistake. And like the just the look of extreme guilt on Jane's face of like, Holy shit, this guy is a really good person, and I was about to turn him in, and so I feel, feel bad about it. You feel that he changed his tune? I feel, like, I, I feel like it was during this whole exchange when he decided not to turn them in. Oh, I, mean, I, I, was under, I thought he was... He, I felt that he really changed at the end. Like, he was still going through with the plan because he asked... Well, continue. The way I read it was is that he starts to see he had a plan that was going to fo- that was that was going to move on to them, you know, getting caught. And then he decided I don't think I want to do this anymore because this this is wrong. And so he tries to skate around that plan, but they wind up getting nipped by the cops anyway. So he then starts playing along with the cops. Okay. And then realizes that, oh, wait, that really was the wrong plan, because now the cops are turning on me. There's a um, lot of turning on people. There I is. saw it the same way that you did, Evan. So I, that's so interesting to me, and that's why I love having this stuff, like this discussion about the show that's been around for whatever, almost 15 years, that we all know and have seen a million times, and there's still things that like we can be diff- interpreted differently by different people. I love it. Yeah, I mean, that's just, I mean, like, I'm just telling you this. I, I'm surprised to hear the way you guys are talking about it, because I've never thought about it that way before. I, I just, it never occurred to me, because the way I've, the way I read his face was, was like, shit, I'm doing the wrong thing. And because that's the thing about Jane, it's like, yes, it's all about, he's, he's all about being bought to an extent, but being part of this crew and being part of this family has it has an effect on him and it continues to have an effect on him throughout this throughout the series and he there's growth in his character and and you know comes through at, especially at the end of this episode and especially in the movie serenity like he's he's a mercenary at heart but he gets to be part of a family here you know he gets that right. he gets that letter from his mom and wears that hat in front <laughs> of everyone here like with complete pride, because he he grows to trust these people, you know. Like Jane one has of- a growth. We should probably have Simon <laughs> check that out. But this is what this this episode is where we start to see that growth. Yeah, and whether it occurs at the point like it starts to occur at the point where you're saying, or the point where we're saying that it, it's immaterial of where he actually changes his mind. The point is. He does change his mind. He does. He does change his mind. And he and I and I totally agree with you that he like sees and has a new respect for Simon based on what he sees him do for mm. River for the patient in the hospital. The other thing I like about him saving the guy in the hospital is that we and River get to see what Simon could have been if he didn't 
have to go save his sister. Exactly. And that makes his sacrifice all the more poignant. Yeah. So um, basically, they they pull off the job in the end. They get away from the cops. Uh, the the hands of blue people show up, and they wind up getting away from them. We finally get to see what the hands of blue people do, which is make people bleed out of every orifice until they die. <laughs> oh my god! Choose not. Sort of looks like the the neuralizer from Men in Black. Men in Black, yeah. <laughs> and seriously. Like, we've talked about what shows not to watch while you're eating, and normally this one is fine, but that scene where they liquefy the guy, I'm oh, like, oh, ugh, crap, no, why am I gross. eating vegetable lasagna right now? <laughs> yeah, gross. Um, so they eventually get away, and uh, you think everything's more or less going fine, but, you know, because there's, like, an escape at the end, something's gone wrong, the, you know, Mal and Zoe have to go back in for him, but Mal is smart enough to realize that something went wrong, and he pieces it together. And while he's just having a casual conversation with Jane, Jane looks down, gets up, and Mal knocks him out and throws him in the, the cargo hold and start that the ship takes off. And he's basically doing the equivalent of keelhaul because he figured out that he turned River and Simon into, into, uh, the, into the Alliance. And um, he's just like, what, Mal? It's not like I did it to you. And God, the, the, the acting... <laughs> <laughs> that Nathan Fillion does. He's here. acts he all over the place. Acts the shit out of this. He's like, oh, but you did. They're there on. They're my crew, and oh, just the way he delivers all those lines is so crazy. And like, he's ready to let Jane die. He's ready to let him fall out of the ship because he completely betrayed him. And the way Jane saves himself is brilliant because he wasn't trying to save himself, and Mal wasn't looking for him to do it. It was just this perfect moment of him showing that he is a worthwhile human being by telling Mal, he asks him what they're going to, what he's going to tell the rest of the crew about what happened to Jane. And he asks him to lie. Don't tell him what he did. And that convinces, uh, Mal to, to, to close the door and, and essentially let him in. Uh, but he tells him the next time he, when he stabbed me in the back, have the guts to do it to my face. And, Oh God, that scene is, is killer because this whole episode is like it's this fun heist thing, and then you get the poignancy of Simon's you know character arc and the whole thing that's happening there, and then it just starts to give you this glimmer of just like, all right, cool, everyone's fine and happy now, and then it ends on just like this is as dead serious as it gets. No one screws with Malcolm Reynolds' family, uh, and absolutely. Uh, and then the episode ends, and that's why it's my favorite because it's it's awesome. My 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 favorite part of this this episode is the fact that we actually I shouldn't say favorite part it's what, what means so much to me in this episode is we find out exactly what's wrong with River and why she is the way she is and that it it makes you understand her reactions a little bit more or her actions a little bit more so that as you're watching the rest of the season you understand more why she is doing what she is doing and, and the- Go ahead. And, and with the the heist, what it actually is, it's it's the twofold. Him, you know, getting the the scanner, but now they have a shit ton of medication on the ship that he can now use to try to help his sister. Like that was like that doesn't seem to be that big of a deal because it's also worth a crap ton of money. But now he has the means to try to finally do as much as he possibly can to help her like that's i mean 
this this one episode has so many threads that that carry out the rest of the the show that it's just it just it's amazing how everything ties together. The thing about what Rivers' diagnosis that kills me is that that yeah, once you see it and then you see the rest of the episodes that follow, everything starts to make sense. But then go back and watch the first half of the season. Mm-hmm. And watch everything that she says and everything that she does. And while the first time you saw it, when you didn't know what was going on with her, she's like, oh, she's really crazy. She's acting like a nut. She says all these weird things. Every single thing she says and everything she does makes sense with the diagnosis they ended up giving her. And that's the forethought that this show had. I love it. It's fantastic. Okay. Um, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, please listen to you know some sponsor sh- stuff, and uh, coming back and gonna quickly go over the culmination of this series, which is the beautiful movie that is Serenity. So stay tuned. The Papercuts crew is back again to discuss another huge week in comics. Batman met the Ninja Turtles. Things matched on both sides. Wars continued to be secret, and a witch dressed in red. Dan also tears through the fabric of space. Or something. Don't miss Papercuts issue 62, Filet of Thanos. The 12 days of Christmas are a thing we sing about. ABC Family shows a bunch of movies, and we all get a little more excited because the countdown has officially begun. Dan and Tiff have taken another route and decided to give us 12 straight days of Christmas movies you may not necessarily associate with the holidays. Check out 12 days of questionable Christmas every day until the 25th. Christmas music. I love it. You love it. The radio loves it. Apparently video games love it too. Chris injects some holiday spirit into the new episode of Waveback by filling it with Christmas tunes with a video game flair. Grab your headphones and listen to the Waveback episode 15, a very merry Christmas episode. Apathetic Enthusiasm Star Wars Marathon continues with the original trilogy this week. It's the movies we all loved, the Brandon and Travis we all enjoy, and some trivia questions from all over the internet. Tune in to Apathetic Enthusiasm, episode 44, Star Wars Original Trilogy. You can catch all this great stuff, plus tons of other articles, videos, podcasts, and more right now at geekade.com. And we're back. If there was any violence during the commercial break by anybody out in our audience, uh, we can't be held accountable for it. So write your congressman. What ended up happening after, you know, the failure of the actual television show, um, the fans went rabid. They were pages signed and petitions filed and we riding in the street people tearing their clothes beating their breasts (laughs) dogs and cats living together together. mass hysteria (laughs) beat me to it (laughs) um so out of nowhere i've four years later we got a movie (laughs) serenity came out in 2005 and this is the movie that we all wanted any one of us that watched and loved this show, when this movie came out, 
It was it, it was exactly what it needed to be. Now, in all honesty, when working at Hollywood Video, that's right, the Hollywood Video, when I was when it was said to me that I, I need to watch Firefly, I was like, what? And then someone said, you know what? Watch the movie, and if you like the movie, you'll love the show. Worst introduction Ouch. ever. Okay, and eh, I'm not going to name names. It was Jared. Um, Damn it, Jared. <laughs> Jared! <laughs> Actually, I don't know if it was Jared. I just tried to pick a name of someone that we could all remember. Let's um, blame him anyway. The I don't suggest that to anyone, um, because there are some very big things. I don't want to get spoilery at all with this movie. There's some very big plot points in this movie that affect the episode watching if you happen to watch the movie first. So my suggestion is always watch the pilot because it is the length of a movie. And if you like the pilot, you'll love the show. And if you love and the show. And if you show, don't love the pilot, what's wrong with you? Yeah, there's something serious. That there's a medical imbalance there or something. And if you like the show, you'll love the movie. What the movie is, it's, it expands story arcs from the show. And gives them endings. Whether we like the ending or not, we get them. Okay? It is obviously taking place in the future of their future. Because this is set in the future. I don't want you to think this is a modern day epic. What ends up happening is they do a job. They go to get payment for the job. When that goes sideways because they're, the, the people that gave them the job want more of, you know, larger percentage, uh, River sees a commercial. I mean, makes her go ape shit. She starts kicking the ever-living shit out of everybody in this bar. Before that, they, they've come to the decision that River and Simon are going to get off the ship. Well, with this happening, they bring them back on the ship and the story progresses from there because they're finding out why all of this stuff happened. Like there's a secret that she knows that she doesn't know she knows, but she knows because she's getting bits and pieces of it. We are introduced to some other characters. Um, One of my favorites, Mr. Universe. He's the guy who has, I guess, every feed of information coming through his home. (laughs) He knows all, sees all, you can't fight the signal, and he's the one who breaks it down for them that it, it was a military thing, you know, from the Alliance, trying to to flag where River is, and that they're on the look for, for them. Um, the Alliance has set out an operative to hunt them down, uh, his name being The Operative. <laughs> I know they stretched on that one. And really, this whole movie is a, ga- a, a game of chase because the Alliance is constantly knocking at their door, trying to bring River back in, and they're in the constant pursuit of trying to find out what River knows to get more information on what is locked inside of her crazy little noggin. If there's any other bits and pieces that you feel that we should explain, please chime in at any point in time. I mean, if you're trying to avoid spoilers, there's really not a whole lot more to say. I, I mean, mean, we go to Miranda. Yep. Stuff happens there. <laughs> but then uh, things happen, and then the movie ends. I mean, it's it's like the, the spoilers are big spoilers. Like, that's the problem. Like, l- a lot of epic things happen in this show that fully end storylines that were progressing for a full season. 
and and extraordinarily well. I mean, I'll I'll put it this way: Karen in, in introduced me to this show before Serenity came out. I was completely and totally enamored with this from from the moment I saw the first episode. It just it it completely rocked me. I was I was so in love, and after Serenity, after seeing that, I think we we went opening day, didn't we? I think we must have. Yeah, we were we were there pretty straight on, and man, oh man. After leaving that theater, I was I was emotionally demolished. I was actually sad for days about things that happened in this movie. And the way that it puts a button in a lot of things that happened in the TV series, yet also leaves it open for more, mm-hmm. um, it, was, it was absolutely extraordinary. There are a few small things that don't mesh perfectly with the series which which kind of irk me and i understand them there's this this brilliant bit in the very beginning where they give you the basics of the tv series like in a conversation between mal and simon and you also understand that it's it's later you know they've been on the ship for a little while now so so there's definitely some sort of history that we don't know we know that mal has driven book off the ship we know that mal has driven an r off the ship but the way that Simon is talking to Mal, saying that, you know, we, you know, I earned my keep, I earned a, a place on the crew, doesn't really gel with the way that Mal accepted him into being a member of the crew on the TV series. I see what you're saying. Yeah, it seems like a weird sort of timeline type difference. It, it does. And it seems like it seems very out of character, like the way that it's explained who he is. Because by the end of the TV series, they do things to. Like to, like to save Simon, and there's there's the absolute matter of fact way that Mal explain just says that you're you're part you're of my, my crew. crew. Even Why are we the, still talking about this? Exactly the episode that that I that I talked about in Ariel, where he almost killed Jane because Jane turned on a member of his crew, which was which were Simon and River, I, and I, now in this the way they they played it up in the movie, where it's it's like. Well, no, you're an, you're a member of the crew because you earned it. You know, like because you've you've earned your keep or whatever, not because well, you have to understand you that joined this family. The the interaction that led to that conversation is Mal wants to pull a job and he wants River to come along because she's a seer. She can sort of predict the future type of no, thing. No, I, I, I completely get that. I'm just saying that the way that the the dialogue specifically, like that's, and it's, it's a minor quibble. It's just mm-hmm. that that shred of dialogue no, doesn't jive with what we saw in the series. No, I'm going to defend this movie with my life. <laughs> I will defend this movie with my life, too. This is one of my favorite movies. It's, it's, it's extraordinary. And the way that they managed to tie this into that TV series almost flawlessly is just it's astronomical like this is is it's it's unprecedented the way that this yeah. works yeah. this movie is the luckiest any fans of any unjustly canceled tv show will ever get uh it's, absolutely it will I mean, never be done like this ever again things have happened since like kickstarters and you know things switching from um, getting canceled from a network and picked up by another network or streaming service. These things have happened since, but this, nothing ever happened like this and nothing will ever happen like this again. But The they, closest it came is with the Veronica Mars movie. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that itself was a good movie. It was but, a good <laughs> Veronica Mars movie. But Serenity is a goddamn masterpiece. It what, is. What, and the, what the Veronica Mars movie was was just a longer episode. 
Yeah. This is not. This is everything. Like, this is, okay, our show is gone. There's nothing we can do about that. What we can do is give you as much as we possibly can in this movie of the world you love and the stories that you were so invested in and give you as much resolution as we can. It was almost as if someone was, you know, right before they started making the movie, they watched the entire series, wrote a list of things that they needed to check off in the movie, and then made the movie and checked every one of the boxes, which has never happened. There's always something that gets left behind in a, in a, in a culmination movie like that. This was done flawlessly. It, it, it makes you not... I, I, yes, we are all still upset that we, we're not getting more Firefly, but we're okay because we got the movie. We got all of our questions answered. Yeah, they sort of left it open-ended so that we can expect more. If, if we can want more and believe there, there can be more, but what we were given... You know, in in 2002 is, you know, buttoned up, locked up. We're good. We got the answers that we were looking for in this movie. Well, I mean, you've also got the comics, which which, is, ad, which add right on to it flawlessly as well. <laughs> yeah, just r- remarkably, especially like the one thing that I had was kind of hoping that we'd see in the movie and I think was handled very well in the way that we didn't was what exactly the hell Shepard Book's backstory was. And I love that exchange in the movies. You're going to have to tell me about that someday. And he's just like, no, I don't. Nope. And um, the way that they handled it in the comics was just this this one-off graphic novel called yep. Shepherd's Tale, which is incredible. <laughs> I call it the book book. <laughs> it's the book book, yeah. And it's 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 incredible. I, I didn't... Didn't care for a book when I originally watched the series too much. He's he's grown on me a little bit. I, I like a lot about him, but I like him a lot more after reading A Shepherd's Tale. It's 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 funny because that's also very you know it's a good point to mention that everything that has come out surrounding Fireflies and like the the the, the, the television show led to the movie, the movie led to the comics, and it is seamless. It's not like Star Wars where they go all over the place and say, "Hey, this sort of takes place in the same universe." It 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 goes from point A to point B to point C and it has the ability and they are proving to continue to do that and keep the story solid. And I'm not going ah that doesn't feel right. Yeah, no, it all it all feels great and it all just makes me want like another season of TV. It it makes me want just just one either one more movie or one more little revival just just really put a button in it, you know, because like you said the the TV series works as like your act 1. And then the movie just took everything to the next level, every conceivable piece to the next level. And now we get this other stuff that fits perfectly, but it's like, it's it's not giving so, you that, it's, so, it's, it's down there, you know? Like, right. it's not as visceral, it's not as, holy crap, amazing as, like, it, it's not, you know, what happened in the movie. Like, right. the stuff that happens in the movie is world-shattering it, it it was it's literally lightning in a bottle yeah it, it's 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 remarkable and this 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 cast and these writers and and it, much like the tv series like you mentioned about the set of serenity like every inch of this movie was made with so much love so much love and care it's, you can you can see that in everything that's done relating to this franchise is just how much love there is for it by the people that are involved in creating it and it, it it pays to to mention that this is a a, a Whedon joint. 
Um, he seems to put love and admiration into everything that he does. Like Buffy had the same feelings to not to the I don't feel to the same extent, but you could feel the camaraderie of the family unit there. Angel did the same thing. The Marvel Universe, the cinematic universe, wouldn't be what it is today without Whedon. It's because of what that man can do with the, the, the family unit in his writing and in his directing that makes what we what we see him do just that much more enjoyable. Yeah, he also has I mean, a tendency to do things which I'm not going to mention that we don't like, but we'll leave that as it is. <laughs> Truth. <laughs> like, we don't like it, but you have to respect it. <laughs> yes. I don't like I said I don't want to spoil anything like I usually I'm okay with spoilers and I'm usually okay with blaring them from the, the the rooftops but if you haven't seen this movie and you've seen the show what the hell is wrong with you if you haven't seen either I mean I know it's on Netflix it's available DVD I do everywhere that it's possibly you could get some sort of digital media it's available so if go you out. and if you don't feel like paying the eight bucks to 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 subscribe to Netflix for a month to watch it or buy the DVDs or whatever, go find a brown coat. They'll give it to you. Guaranteed. Go find somebody who loves this show and they're like, you've never seen this show? Hang on. Hang on. I'm going to put it on a flash drive for you right now. (laughs) And and that's like the Firefly community (laughs) are wonderful, crazy maniacs. It's so true. Like, like you say brown coat and those in the universe. No, uh, you say dashing hat that we we know what you mean like there's certain th- certain things that have come up in in social media and pop culture that like touch so deeply star wars yes uh you could there could be an argument for the marvel universe now but serenity and firefly is it's so deep and ingrained in these people that they just want to share It's a shame that this didn't happen, Uh, so we're 2015, so that would be 13 years ago. (laughs) Because if if that show had half of the audience that it has now, it would be still running. It'd be the longest running television show. It just never got a chance. Yeah, it was was doomed from the start. Damn it, Fox. Uh, That was the underlining joke in Con Man, so... (laughs) (laughs) So with that being said, we're going to wrap this up. We're not going to we're not going to spoil anything. Please I if if you know what's good for you, go out and watch these shows. Watch this movie, then tell your friends. Then tell your friends' friends and have your friends tell their friends and their friends tell their friends. Everybody needs to watch the show because there's absolutely nothing to lose. This show is right out the gate has you locked or you or not. If you don't like it from the pilot, there's no point in watching the rest of it. That's what I, I've said my piece. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> here, here. So. Shiny. I, I, Shiny. I, think, I think we all agree. I, I am I, like, I'm relieved now. I can actually stop doing this podcast. I've got. You're going to have. I a guess new we're host retiring next. after 13 episodes. <laughs> there will be a new host next week. It's a season. <laughs> it's a season. You're right. It is a season. This is. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So. Um. I get. Our, we're all just say we're all in agreement. Yes, we watch. Yes, watch Firefly. Watch, Firefly, watch, watch Firefly. Serenity. Read the books. Uh, it's it's a good time. And after you do all that, uh, get in touch with us. 
at malikek.com, as well as all flavors of social media that we inhabit. You can like us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram, at Geekade. You can subscribe to our YouTube and Twitch channels for all our latest video content. And you can follow us on Twitter at the underscore Geekade. You can also find us individually on Twitter. I am at Geekade Chris. That's Geekade K-R-I-S. Karen is available at... Shoot underscore the underscore moon. And Mr. Evan is available at... Geekade underscore Evan. And if you're interested in more information about any of the glorious episodes we talked about tonight, be sure to check out the show notes. And while you're at it, you can also subscribe to this and any of our other wonderful podcasts on iTunes, where if you're super nice, you can leave us a review because any and all feedback is welcome and appreciated. Again, always remember to keep your eyes on geekade.com where we post something new every stinking day. (laughs) Back to you, Evan. All right. So I hope... That this this specific episode this 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 episode of this podcast sinks in with you, and you go out and listen to us for once. Go watch this show. Go watch the movie. Read the comics. Uh, tell us what you think. Uh, what good, bad, or indifferent? We want to hear because that's what actually progresses a, a, a show. So, with that being said, uh, from all of us here at this week's episode, I'm Evan Goldstein. I'm Chris Randazzo, and I'm Karen Randazzo. Good night. For a man to lay beaten and yet breathing, it makes him a coward. It's humiliation. Sure. It would be humiliating. Having to lie there while the better man refuses to spill your blood. Mercy is the mark of a great man. Guess I'm just a good man. Well, I'm all right. I'm sorry, okay? Be reasonable. What are you taking it so personal for? It ain't like I ratted you out to the feds. Oh, but you did. You turn on any of my crew, you turn on me. But since that's a concept you can't seem to wrap your head around, then you got no place here. You did it to me, Jane. And that's a fact. Tell the others. About what? About why I'm dead. Hadn't thought about it. Make something up. Don't tell them what I did. Y'all gonna be here when I wake up? We'll be here. Good. That's good. Real beauty, ain't she? Yes, sir. Right smart purchase this vessel. I tell you what, you buy this ship, treat her proper, she'll be with you for the rest of your life. Son? Hey, son. You hear a word I've been saying? And this concludes our broadcast day.